Katie, and this is That Grief Relief Podcast. If you're new to the podcast, this is a very lighthearted, open-hearted conversation about grief. There is no right or wrong way to deal with grief. Now, whilst I might be at a certain stage of my grief process, my guests might be at another stage of their grief process, you might be at a completely different stage of your grief, or you might not have experienced grief at all. I'm not here to offend, I'm here to hopefully put a smile on your face, whether you're going through something right now or not. Welcome to another episode of that Grief Relief Podcast. I'm Katie Overy and I'm grinning ear to ear already because my guest this week is a really good friend of mine, a former colleague. Miss, you will know him as A2L. I know him former as- Former work an- husband. I know him as that annoying guy from Virgin Radio. Um, Athul, how are you? Uh, really, really good. Chilling, working from home this week. So, uh, you know, pretending to work while I've got a video game on pause right now. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell Virgin Radio Oman, for goodness sake. Uh, it's okay. We don't have internet yet, so it's fine. No, I'm kidding. We do. <laughs> Did you see my face? I was like, what? Just <laughs> Right, so we we, we used to work together. You've been at Virgin Radio for a long time. What now, 11 years? 12 years now, 12 years. 12 years now, that is just crazy. And when I started on Dubai 92, you were in the next studio in Virgin Radio. And weekends were never the same, were they? Oh man, it was like, I was so sad after you left because I would just open the Dubai 92 studio doors and you know what song goes in my head? Like, all by myself. I was like, no, no, she's gone and she's left me. I'm incomplete. (laughs) so is that is yeah. that why that's why you're here on the podcast because you're grieving me leaving Dubai I, exactly grief relief yeah you are my grief <laughs> well yeah that's true yeah so yeah. we had we had some really really good times we had a lot of pizza we had a lot of um oh, yeah. why were we doing burpees in the studio once we did burpees in the studio yeah. I don't remember doing burpees. I've never done burpees in my life. I've probably done four. That's a lie because you have lost a lot of weight and you're in really good shape. So don't give me any of that. Well, up, up until last year, but now I'm like, um, uh, yeah. Things have changed. Anyway, no, so then you, then you moved you moved down to Oman, uh, which is what yeah. an hour's flight from the UAE. Forty minutes, forty minutes. You you is can it? actually you can fly to Oman faster than you can drive to Sharjah. And that's a fact. I don't know where I'd rather go. <laughs> <laughs> Come to Oman. It's actually beautiful. I love Oman, actually. Ca- uh, what is it? Cafe Kamadin? Kam- no, what's it called? It's a really awesome place. I went with my brother and we played uh, board games and I beat him at Trivial Pursuit and he was fuming. Shisha and those like all these kind of just white kind of picnic benches outside. You've described every shisha place in the Middle East. Okay, yeah, that's true. All right, fine, fair enough. Um, now you mm. you are like legit. We've got to stop because people are like, yeah, we don't care. You guys are friends. We get it. Um, <laughs> although we're friends, I right. Uh, you posted the other day that it had been four years since your father passed mm. away. And yes. whilst in the back of my mind, I'm I'm sure we'd spoken about it for the obvious reasons that you know about my situation, and I'm sure I would have. Mm. I don't know, but and I don't know. Maybe maybe death is just like really in my mind at the moment. But 
That's pleasant. I, yeah, well, you know, I couldn't remember uh. us ever. I certainly know for sure that we've never spoken in detail about it. I, I don't think we spoke at all because it happened uh, only a few months before I moved to Muscat. And um, I kind of kept it like away from social media because I didn't know how to deal with it outside of like, like by myself. Yeah. And I wasn't gonna like, I'm not the kind of person that would be like, if I'm going through something in my personal life, I'm not gonna put it on the internet and be like, oh my God, I need sympathy. No, like I, I, I'm a fixer, you know, I like to fix things. And I, wa I wanted to like try and get through this by myself to a point I did. Okay. But then it also got to a point where I'm like, okay, I need some help. And then I went and got help and I'm, I'm still in the process, by the way, I'm still, it's been four years. Yes. But you know, I'm still coming to terms with that, which I'm, I'm making progress, but I'm also, but, but that, but it's not just the loss of my dad. It's what followed after oh, really? because I lost my relationship with my mom and my brother in the following months oh, because I, Long story, very short. I learned that um, my mom, she would care as long as I was giving her money. Okay. And my brother was the exact same. The exact same. Like most people in my family, as it turns out, were exactly the same. Like as long as you're financially helping them out, they're fine. They're like, oh, you're so nice. Oh, come here. But the second that, you know, that gravy train stops coming to the station they were like oh all right fine all right so hang on right oh my goodness right there's a i'm gonna use an, a phrase that most people yeah. don't like but there's a lot to unpack here already let's mm. um let's go back to your your dad first of all right how was your how was your relationship with your dad um it was one of those weird things like i knew that he really loved me, but he was really weird at showing it. So he's never shown it. But I knew for a fact that like he looked up to me like he's my successor sort of a thing. Okay. You know what I mean? But yep. he was raised by his dad in a really strict environment. So he didn't know how else to be a dad, but he didn't touch me. He didn't hit me or anything like that. Nothing like that. But it wasn't more. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to go play catch in the park. You know what I mean? So, yeah, okay, I don't know. I just think on. that's what white people do. <laughs> well, okay. And it's so interesting <laughs> you said about white people, because obviously I know where you're from and I know your heritage and I know your story. But for the listeners, right. just talk us through that, because that might explain a little bit more of, of this kind of relationship. The relationship between me and my dad? No, like, like, where, like where, you're, where you're born, where you're from, where your parents are from, like that whole culture, because I think that's really important. Especially um, as you've picked it up, especially as you've commented already about me being white. Okay, so according to Ancestry.com, I'm actually 50% <laughs> Indian, 50% actually 50% Indian and 50% also Indian. So there's no <laughs> nowhere else. It's, it's a pure breed Indian. So from uh, from Carol, I was born there. I grew up in Dubai. God's um, own country. God's own country, exactly. And I moved to Dubai when I was, I think, uh, around 10 or 11. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. I lived there ever since. You know, we moved together. We were a close family, you know, and me being the older son was the responsible one. I wasn't. Um, 
no, I wasn't like up until I got a job and then money started coming in. And then I was like, okay, dad retired. And then I just take over the responsibilities anyway. Um, but yeah, okay, wait, we're, wait, we're, that's, that's a big cultural thing because you've said that very matter of factly from an Indian family perspective, that doesn't happen yes. in, it certainly doesn't happen as far as I, I still don't know why it's the thing in our, our culture, because let me tell you that this is going to blow your mind, right? What, what, after I moved to Muscat, my mom and my brother still expected me to continue paying the rent in our UAE apartment along with my Muscat. So they literally were like, so when are you sending the checks? I'm like, what, 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 what checks? What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, for the rent. I'm like, um, let me break it to you real quick. <laughs> no. And is that... The, the norm or is that just your family or is it just expected it's, that now that your father's it's around, expected it's really? expected yeah like it is unfairly expected of Crazy. kids to, like i would still I, I have no problems in giving them a bit of money every month that doesn't break me or anything you know like i know how to manage money i'm 35 mm. years old i've kind of figured mm. that out now i have no problems with that but yeah, your family or not, there's a way to go about it. Mm. If you're going to demand and tell me that, you know, it's my like obligation by birth to do it, that's not going to fly with me. Yeah. Like there's a way to go about it, you know, because say, see, I'm not married or anything. Say if I, I did get, fall into the, the Indian customary thing and get married at 27 and have a couple of kids by now. That changes everything. No, I have my priorities. Now I've got my family and my kids to feed and make right. sure they have a roof over their head and then not have the rest of the family basically just run after me like you're the tax collector. <laughs> it's okay. It's fascinating. So that's, that's what's happened since your father died. Right. Yeah. But Okay, so sorry, I've, I'm, it's my fault. I'm jumping about here a lot. So you had a pretty standard relationship in terms of what you understand uh, and relationship and upbringing with your dad and your mom and your, and your mm. brother. Oh, my mom and I were really close, yeah. Oh, fine. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And then how did your dad pass away? Um, cancer. And it was a very aggressive one. Um, it's one of those things where, you know how you say, right? Oh, you always remember where you were when 9-11 happened sort of thing. Mm. Like, I, I remember exactly where I was when I got the phone call from my mom saying that, you know, dad finished dinner, he was washing up, and then he coughed a little bit and a bit of blood came out. I remember exactly where I was. Um, and then we took him to the hospital nearby, near, you know, next to, our, next to our apartment. And this is going to sound really weird, but the second I saw... The doctor, before I saw the doctor, I read the report and it said he had um, some scoliosis of the liver or something like that. That usually okay. happens in alcoholics. And my dad has not touched alcohol all his life. So they were like, oh, yeah, it's caused by alcohol. And I'm like, my dad's never touched alcohol. What are you talking about? Then I saw the doctor. As soon as I saw the doctor, I was like, yeah, we're not doing this here. I honestly thought, and no offense to any profession, anybody, I thought he was the T-boy. Okay. Um, he was wearing like this button shirt with like stains all over. He was wearing some kind of like a pair of pants with 
whatever and its feet look like he hasn't been washed in like a year and he's wearing like these flip-flops and then he just rocks up with a piece of paper and be like yeah this is it and i'm like yo you look like you need a doctor yeah 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 like well, a second you, you think about it you, when you think of a doctor right what's the image that comes to your mind yes yeah, someone with wearing cut. a coat and the clean cut coat with a like the the stethoscope thingy and yes, all that like yeah. you, something someone who is like who looks like a doctor and i'm looking at this guy like yo no I'm, we're not doing this so as we sent him back to india the whole like mom and dad went back to india I was say, found your dad out or the doctor <laughs> no send him back uh <laughs> Mom and dad went back to India. We found out it's cancer. It's a very aggressive one. And then in six months, he was gone. Wow. Just like that. From someone who's been doing yoga for like 40 years. Mm. Super healthy. Wakes up at five o'clock, goes for a walk, comes home, does yoga for like an hour, goes about today, writing books, like publishing books. And I'm like, wow. Like, really? Yeah, cancer doesn't you know, care about that. like you know whatever the universe is going to do me like this now what would you do that anyway so yeah that's what happened and the sudden loss at the time i was like oh i should be sadder than this why am i not sad now i know that that was just shock mm mm um then trying to navigate uh you can relate to this right like it was like my my whole mind was like a foggy mess mm mm-hmm. you know and i'm trying to navigate through it not knowing like where i was going and then i was in a relationship with somebody at the time that i had to kind of i had to end that relationship i just had to because to put it this way is an analogy there's a plane right 30000 feet soaring through the sky if you suffer a catastrophic engine damage right both your engines are out the pilot looks for the nearest landing strip and then what they do is they dump fuel to lighten the plane so you can land and not crash fuel that is so essential for that plane to stay flying in the first place yeah that's what i had to do with my relationship by the time because it was too much for me i was going to crash mm. i had to end that relationship dump fuel so i can find myself before i crash and burn mm. Wow. And she so couldn't understand what I was going through and I I I don't blame her because you have to go through a uh grief of this magnitude to actually understand what it is that this person's going through. Yeah. And it got to a point where I was like I I can't do this anymore. I just I just can't do it. I need to figure this out. You can't figure it out for me because you don't know what I'm going through. No. No no no. And and you can and you can no one really knows what anyone's going through. Yeah. We can try and relate if we've been if we've suffered grief, but even then I wouldn't necessarily Like know. you can tell me all the generic things to make me feel better, but I know it's coming from a place that you haven't been. You know what I mean? So, it's not her fault, obviously it's not her of fault. But then again, touch? it's it's sometimes and she's a she's a really good person like she messages me twice a year once on my dad's birthday once on his anniversary she sends me a whatsapp which is nice uh she's a good person like it, it that uh, it's something that i had to do and not something that i wanted to do at the time mm, mm. and uh, uh yeah i just 
had to focus on myself i'm like if i can't get myself out of this mess right now yeah like it's gonna end pretty badly for me and then losing my relationship with my mom and brother is a discussion that we can get to um so immediately yeah. after your dad passed away were you in india or did you fly i was back immediately? i was there you were there no i was right next to his bed when he passed away um and then we did all the you know the rituals and all that and it's it's a lot Okay. You know, Wait, in our, what religion our culture. Uh, I don't practice, but on paper, I'm Hindu. Okay. Um, but there was a lot of things that I didn't even know I had to do. I was like, wow, like, you know, cremate him. And then this is a little creepy. But I had to actually do this. Uh, c- collect his, go back to the site the next day, collect his bones, put it in a, like, in, like a, an earthen pot right and then do prayers with that and then walk into the ocean where it was really windy and stormy and it was like thunderstorm happening at this moment and there were like three of my uncles holding me and i had to go about that deep into the ocean like into the sea and smash this onto the floor like literally just go in and smash it onto the floor let the ocean have it and then come back i didn't even know any of these things and i was like well okay we're doing this then and is that because <coughs> you're you're the oldest male in the family i, I had to do it because yeah <gasps> wow okay it's really weird when you're holding your dad's bones <laughs> it's, and the 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 the, the priest or whoever right this dude was like now you have taken i was like hey man do you mind like taking it for me like i really don't want to touch that because that's my dad you know what i'm saying and he's like no 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 you have to do it i was like help a brother out dude you've done this before i haven't and he's like no 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 no. you have to you have to feel i was like ah i'm really feeling it bro no way help yeah <laughs> Help me! <laughs> oh my god, that might it was yeah freaky. I'm Yo, not surprised. It's my dad's bones. That me up too. <laughs> and I thought you were pretty bad before your dad passed away. Um, <laughs> and then what happened? And then I'm looking t- at my like I'll never do that to you again. <laughs> If you're listening to this on the podcast right now, I implore you to please watch it on YouTube because watching a film's reenactment <laughs> of that has made my day. And I snorted a little bit. So, you know, every yeah, cloud. Man, it was, it was crazy. So after that, you know, uh, ritual, I guess is the, is the mm. correct word. And then is mm. there this huge kind of mourning process or is it, okay, you're done, that's it. No, nah, man, like us Indians, we make a big deal out of everything. Um, <laughs> I, get, I get home. Uh, the, it's not like the morning process. There's like a, the 40 day period. And then we do another thing where we just call all our relatives. It's just an excuse for everyone to get free food. So they just come and they just eat. And then, you know, we we talk about shit and then they go. I'm like, well, that was pointless. I mean, that's kind of um, like what happens in most things right i mean you we have a yeah, big, well, that's, you have a big knee my up. thing is my thing is right it's just another thing to remind everybody i mean we can always celebrate his life right yeah 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 
But why have this reminder in 40 days that, hey, this dude that you love so much died? Yeah, like, why have that? Why? Just, yeah, you, you celebrate this person for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. as opposed to having a reminder that, hey, 40 days ago, you had the worst day of your life. <laughs> that it's, is true. I, I think, never thought about that. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm like, I'm just being rational and logical. Like, why have this day where you're reminded or your society wants you to remember the worst day of your life? Mm. okay you know, so 40, and, 40, mm. <laughs> go no go on carry on I'm, I'm thinking like imagine a parent who's lost a child that's the worst thing you can have that's the worst thing that any person can go through is losing a child you should never lose a child right mm. and 40 days later oh guess what you'll remember your kid the one that died 40 days do shut up stop it mm-hmm. you know you've done the you've done the rituals now celebrate all the good moments you've had with this person for the rest of your life as opposed to having another freaking anniversaries that's what they're for yeah who put this 40-day rule i mean you don't it's me. weird it's your culture i don't know <laughs> I don't know. Somebody was like, okay, we are going to make one more rule. A little bit of 40 days. Okay. Take it and go. I'm like, <laughs> take it and go. I'm like, bro, shut up your face. Oh, um, okay. So the 40 days thing. Now, what <coughs> what I'm interested to know from your perspective then is 40 days is it can be a long time. It can also feel like a very short time. How was then your relationship with your mum and your brother within those 40 days? Like, how did you we didn't feel talk then? Much. Being... Really? <clears throat> we're all in a, we're all really pretty sad. And at the time I was, I came back to Dubai as quickly as I could because everybody in my family was a constant reminder. They were like a walking reminder, you know, of, like they look at me and they go like, huh, what are you going through? I was like, dude, shut up. Like, just stop it. So I had to get out of that environment. I the, the best thing I could have done for myself at the time was just come back to Dubai and uh-huh. get on with my work. And yeah. because that's the only, that's what I thought I needed to do at the time because I hadn't gone through anything like this before. So I was like, okay, fine. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep myself busy so I can... Focus on anything else other than the sadness around me. Mm, mm, mm. And how did that work yeah. out for you? Worked out fairly well until my mom and brother decided to absolutely, like, you know, throw a spanner in the works. Um, but then, you know, I made a very conscious decision a couple of years ago to cut them both out, out of my life completely. And that was the right decision to make. Wow. Okay. And my therapist so- agrees with, with that as well. She knows the whole story. Wow. Okay. So what came first? The the therapist came before this decision? No, the therapist came way after this decision, way after this decision. Oh, really? Okay. So talk us through then how this relationship broke down, why you felt it broke down, and then why you felt that that was the best and only decision that, that you could make. Okay. Growing up in an Indian family, right? Like I said to you, as the older son, you're supposed to take responsibilities, mainly the financial responsibilities. So for about eight years, right? 
I got into Virgin Radio Dubai at the age of 22, up until 30, and I moved here just before I turned 31. No, just after I turned 31. So um, when when I start when I started getting you know more gigs and a bit of more money started to come in, right? Uh, I took over like the apartment that so I was paying the rent. And then, you know, I needed a car because I was living in Sharjah and working in Dubai. So I bought up like a beat up Ford Focus for myself. And then my brother was going to buy a car. My younger brother is five years younger than me, but his salary wasn't high enough to get a loan. So I, you know, helped him get the car basically. So, mm-hmm. um, and then <laughs> my mom wanted to get a brand new car. And I was like, why do you want to get a brand new car? Like, oh, and my brother was like, no, no, we can't let our mom drive an old car, used car. Fine. All right. Go get a car. That's okay. Her salary wasn't high enough to get a loan. Guess who had to help that? Me. Anyway. So that was. And can I point the- out, you're, it's not like you are absolutely balling and rolling. Oh, no. I'll, <laughs> paycheck to paycheck is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, I had a bit of money saved up, not a lot, but like I would take my DJ money, <clears throat> sorry, my DJ money and I put that into savings to not touch it. Yeah. <clears throat> and whatever money came from radio was what I used for all my stuff, like all my, my, the rent and like mom and brother was supposed to pay me back every month for the car money or they didn't do that. They Maybe they've done like once every three or four months. Um. <clears throat> So I was basically hemorrhaging money at this point, right? And then dad got uh, diagnosed and in cancer is expensive. Not going to lie. Cancer is is not cheap. Six months before dad got diagnosed, right? um, The old company that I work for, um, what do you call that? Shifting things around or whatever. And... uh, I lost about 12,000 dirhams a month from my salary. Okay. That's a substantial amount of money to lose. Yeah. <clears throat> so I picked up more DJ gigs, try to offset that. That didn't work. I mean, it worked for a bit, but it wasn't anywhere close to that. So I was digging into my savings just so we can have an apartment going and everything else is paid for, like the utilities and the internet and all that. Um, so I was eating away into my savings. I was like, you know what? It's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. Um, and then dad got diagnosed with cancer. Um, obviously I, you know, bought the flight ticket back home and all of this happened, this and that. And there was one point in time, I remember this so well, December of 2016, when I was waiting for a check to clear from this company where I was, for whom I was DJing, right? This place. And it wasn't getting cleared. Rent just went from my account. And then I was like, okay, fine. Rent is gone. So the next three months, I don't have to worry about this. Okay, it's fine. It's good. And for some reason, I opened my bank app and I checked my balance. And you are not going to believe this. I had nine fills in my bank account. Which if you're not used to it, that's probably, that's not even cents, is it? No, 0.09 dirhams was in my bank. And I was like, Okay, so I called the company. I was like, hey, I need this check. I need this check for like a week and a half, maybe about a little over two weeks. I didn't get this check. I had 70 dirhams in my pocket. I had half a tank of fuel. Um, my best friend, Ahmed, 
gave me 500 dirhams to get through that whatever i was eating i was eating chopped sausages and like burger buns with ketchup and for for almost two weeks um obviously my my family they know about this and they're like mm. don't mm. care anyway so i'm going through a massive massive stress right now because i have nine fills to my name what the hell do i do now i can't even go to mcdonald's i can't get a big mac i for nine fills, they probably be like, "Okay, this is what, this is what a restaurant looks like." Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you um, can't buy it. And there's also, as far as I understand, there's no overdraft facilities in the UAE. No, no, so, no, you know, you're, you're done. You're zero, you're done. Yeah, yeah. And then my mom walks into my room. Right, I'm, I'm I, at this point. I am very close to the edge. I am there. Oh, really? My mom goes and be like, "Hey, um." Yeah, I want you to send 8,000 dur- uh, dirhams. I'm like, uh, I can't right now. Why not? Like, open, put the password, there's my bank. She goes, where did all your money go? What did you do with all the money? Huh? Is this all you have saved up? What's, you've been working for so long. You're this big radio guy, Virgin Radio. Where, where, where's all your money? Uh, I had to walk out of my apartment before I killed somebody. I had to just walk out. I had to, I had to just put my laptop down carefully, just keep breathing and just walk out of the apartment. I would have, I would have done some shit. I just, I just walked out. But you, and then, okay, obviously I'm laughing and, and, and what have you, because of all this, obviously you wouldn't have killed your mother, but. No, but I'm quite, not saying I would kill her. But it's quite a serious <laughs> thing is because I, I have a very short temper. So the, right. and when it gets to that kind of, you know, you almost want to punch a door or scream into a right. pillow or kick the coffee table over. I would have punched none of those the door. Things. Like I, I would have done that. I, I yeah. would have done that. Like mm. I was at this point, it was beyond rage. Okay. Again, obviously I wouldn't have hurt anybody, but I would have hurt yeah. inanimate objects. Okay. Yourself probably in the process. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then after that passed, like at this point I was like, no, sorry, going back to uh, the rage part. And then finally, a week later, the money comes in. I was like, okay, now I can breathe. So about 35,000 dirhams. I was like, I could breathe now. Um, It was this constant, you know, it was always about money. And I'm like, I told my brother, like, hey, man, listen, you got to you got to do something here. You know, I'm out like I'm working part time. I'm I'm doing I'm doing this radio thing and I'm DJing at like five different places to make ends meet. And here you are buying military shoes for like 400 dirhams. I'm like, you haven't walked a day in your life. <laughs> You're easily about 20 kilos overweight. You need military shoes. You won't be able to get, walk with them. Anyway. So why was he allowed to get away with it then? Because I was the older one. This is mad, by the way. Cause I was the I was the older one, you know, the responsible one. He's the little baby. Give me a break. Anyway, so he did help a little. I'm not gonna lie. After I was completely like incapacitated financially, I think he did help. So credit where due. You know, he mm-hmm. did step up a little bit. But it was again 
discrediting everything I had done for them for 10 years prior to this. And then after he passed away, I came here to Muscat and then mom would still be like, after he came here is when grief really hit me. It really hit me. I was like, I'm never going to see my dad again. I'm never going to see his face. Like, holy shit. Then it really dawned on me. Um, and my mom was like, oh, you know, you got to keep sending money. You got to keep. I'm like, I'm I've just spent a lot to furnish my new apartment. You know, I've moved here. I paid two months worth of deposit, you know, and like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure shit out here. Like, you know, look at it this way. A mattress, a mattress. If you want a good mattress to, to sleep on, that's not cheap. No, yeah. You can get a wooden plank for like 50 dirhams. <laughs> but if you want a proper mattress, you're looking at 3,000, 4,000 dirhams. Mm-mm. Easy. Or you can uh, or you can sleep on a wooden plank. It's, it's one or the other. <clears throat> I mean, um, so I'm, there are mid-range mattresses, but... No, that's the, that's, that's the one that's here. In Dubai, you have more options. In Muscat, you don't. <laughs> right, okay. Okay, there's okay, this home center here and there is that there's definitely a gap in the market there this is like a dragon's den moment where athol and i are going to go into business for mid-range value mattresses (laughs) if your aim is mediocre we got you (laughs) we got your back you should say that yeah oh yeah we got we got we got your back i mean you i'll Um, do the tagline you do yeah i can do that anyway so it just got to a point where everything was about money, 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 money. And then I was having a conversation with my brother. <coughs> Excuse me. This is the last straw. This was the final straw, right? I asked him to do me a very simple favor. And he straight up said no. Like, okay. Started getting into an argument. I said, after everything that I've done for you, this, I asked you for a favor that costs you no money, nothing, no effort. And you say, you don't have the time to do it. And he goes, oh, oh, after everything you did for me, what exactly did you do? You know, dad would have died in two months if you were the only child. Meaning, meaning I didn't do shit. Everything was done by him. And he's the one that cared for, uh, for dad for six months and not me. I, I still have that screenshot. I still have that screenshot. I was after read, read that he followed that. It was like a lot of laugh emojis. I read that and I was like, you know what? Family need not always be blood related. Mm-hmm. I can, I can cut them out. It was a hard decision, but it was the right decision. And you've never regretted it. No, nope, not a bit. No one bit because two years ago, uh, two years ago, because I'm now I've had enough reality checks in my life to know who has my best interests in their heart, you know, and I have their best interests in mind. So I know very well now who those people are. You can count them on one hand. People that I know will be there for me when I need somebody to just lean on and just cry my eyes out. I know who they are. Um, and they're not my mother or my brother. And that's, a, that's not an easy thing to realize. 
No, it's that, not. That it's that really not. Really hard. It was. It was. I wouldn't call it hard. It was kind of disappointing. Mm. It was really disappointing. Like I felt like everybody was always telling me. Hey, you got to be strong for your mom. You got to be strong for your brother. You got to be strong for this, strong for that. I was like, is anybody here willing to be strong for me? Because I'm taking applications. You know, it, it just got to that point where I was like, I can't carry these guys any longer. I can't like leave. I can't carry you guys any longer. I can't like, what's that saying? Just because I carried well, it doesn't mean it ain't heavy. Absolutely. So I had to, I basically I had to drop that load. I was like, done. You know what? That's it. That's it. I am done with you guys. I am done. I'm actually at this point, I am well and truly done, done. And I had to did, do it and I did it. How did you go about that? Like, did you tell them straight off the bat or did you, did you in effect ghost your family? Like how, how did it happen? Bit of both. I told my brother to f right off. Sorry for swearing. I told my mother that I can't do this anymore. Right? You have ruined your the, this relationship. This is beyond repair now. There's nothing you can say to me that's gonna offset everything that you have before. Mm -hmm. Like she said, some she said stuff to me that no mother should tell their their, their son. Like I showed it to a couple of my friends who didn't like who knew a little bit. And they were still like, you know, like, oh, come on, man, it's your family. I was like, okay, you know what? Read from here all the way. Just read as long as you want. Like, here we go. Here's my WhatsApp. Halfway through, they were like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, got to, it got to that point. Like, I poured my heart out because I wanted my conscience to be clear. So I poured my heart out. It, did, it got me nowhere. It got me nowhere. And after it was done and you'd kind of made that decision and they were essentially out of your life, mm. how did that make you feel? What was the next few weeks and months like? Free. No way. Yeah. Felt, felt really free. I felt like... Um, one of the things that I realized, and I apply this to everything, is... I'm fully in control of how I feel about everything. Okay. Okay. If something, if somebody makes me feel good, it's perfect. If some person makes me feel bad, I am in control of it. I can do something about it and I can walk away. If anything, if like, if someone says, Hey man, let's, let's go watch a horror movie. And I hate horror movies. Right. I'm like, I don't want to do it. It's in my control. I am in control of how I feel about everything. I can't control other people's actions. I can control my reactions to them. And I, ever since then, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take control of how I feel. If I'm feeling anxious, I'm going to, I'm going to control it. I'm going to try and not feel anxious. The way to do that was to speak to a therapist. And she has done, uh, she's awesome. And she tolerates me for an hour um she's fantastic like i just put everything on her table i was like hey you're in for a treat today baby here we go she loves it she just laughs her ass off um how difficult so, was yeah. it for you to uh, again 
maybe not not so but the kind of common misconception that is as a, as a man as a male you know you kind of right. don't really do therapy and obviously you've alluded to the cultural background of you're now the head of the family and you have to be strong and boys don't cry and that kind of thing how then was it easy for you to reach out to a therapist you're clearly very open about it which is uh, you know, I, I applaud because I'm hoping that other people listening to it, because I told you before, right. the DMs right. I've had from people from the South Asian community and from the Arab community who talk to me about counseling and therapy, but would never tell their family. Um, I can't. And that's the reason why it's a, uh, it's a female therapist, because when I try and talk to a male therapist, my alpha personality takes over and I'm like, oh, this guy, I'm like, I'm talking to you. How interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I, have a, I have a very strong alpha personality, which only comes out when I feel threatened. I was going to um, say, because I've you, never like, you seen... Know me. Yeah. yeah, but I've you never know seen me. that. Which is why I have, like, you know me so well, but if, if there is a male in the vicinity that I feel is a threat to my kingdom then alpha takes over and i can't do that because if i'm opening up to a male therapist my very fragile masculinity takes over and i'm like i can't do this anymore because i'm fragile and my masculinity is gonna kick in no with a female therapist you felt safer yeah, with a female therapist, like I'm not threatened by her. In fact, like my best materials come out when I'm talking to women. So, and I mean, like in, the, in a funny sense, not like, hey, baby. No, in a funny way. And she just lets me be myself and I just talk and talk and talk. And then she just gives me really incredible pointers that I can work on myself. Um, and she's she's like the fourth or fifth therapist that I tried out and then she's like okay she gets me oh interesting okay so can you talk to me about that why why four or five because so many people i know will go to a therapist don't like the therapist don't think it's any good oh rubbish never go again no yeah that's rookie mistake um here's the thing with therapists okay a therapist is like um, like a partner sort of a thing, okay, in a strange way. Mm-hmm. Or a co-host, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're from the media industry. If there is no chemistry, it's not going to work. Like the first therapist that I went to, she, I, talked, um, I talked to her for about half an hour, right? Because uh, I'm like, hey, every minute is money. And um, she was like, you know what? I am going to put you through hypnosis. I'm like, what the what now? You, you're going to dangle a coin in front of my face? Like, ding, ding, ding. And I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. And she goes, uh, no, let's let's try this out. Go lie on the couch. I can do that. There, there was I on the couch, eyes closed and everything, playing the part. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm paying a lot of money for this bullshit. I'm going to play the part. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Genuinely, I'm not going to mess this up. No, I'm not going to do anything stupid. Close my eyes, right? And then she's like, oh, imagine this, imagine that, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, about a couple of minutes in, and I'm like, she's like, oh, now you're going into this, this sleep, deep sleep, blah, blah. I was like, no, 
but okay. And then a kind, I cheated. I kind of opened my eyes just a little bit to see what this woman is doing. Listen, she was reading out a book. No. I swear to you. She was like, now you are going to be in little bit sleep. And I want... Was she a James Bond? I want you to. She no, she she could she she was struggling. First of all, she was struggling to read it. Right, English wasn't the first language, bless her. But she was struggling to read it, and I'm like, I know you're read. This is a one size fits all. You're reading a mental health user manual. Mm. Tailor my your responses to my needs. Okay. You know, this is the one place (laughs) I'm allowed to be vulnerable and needy. Yeah. Feed my needs, woman. So James Bond villain out the window, therapist number one, therapist number two. If the movie was set in Egypt, then yes. Uh, therapist well, number your two. Accents, then need. To I don't know. It's weird. Every, everything, everything makes like hello. I am Igor with a P from Russia. Anyway, uh, P silent. So therapist number therapist number two was she. She was not a good listener. Mm. I'm like. You are paid to listen. That's just sit there, point your face in my direction and nod. That works <laughs> for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, therapist number three was a dude. That's when I was like, oh, no. Um, I was like, yeah, you know, talk to me. It, it was nice for a bit. Like, well, it kind of felt like buddy buddies, but then when we got into the real serious stuff, I just mm-hmm. couldn't open up. It just, I, I, something inside me just wouldn't let me. Something inside me was like, mm-mm, mm-mm, alpha in the vicinity. How in- yeah, how interesting that you recognize that straight away. Um, I think, I think most people do it. I don't know. It, I like, I have, it's like a, it's like a tingly spider sense sort of a thing. Um, it's really oh difficult for, for me Don't to, geek, unless he's my best friend, like my best friend, like say, if I'm talking to like Yuri, for example, um, I met him in Muscat. He was my neighbor and we talk on zoom to this day. Like he's in, he's in the, he's in the UK now. Um, with him, it's okay. Cause he's my best friend and he knows me probably better than anybody else in the world, you know? So I can be vulnerable to like one or one person who's a male, but if I'm, if I have to really talk about my feelings and all that, I can't do that with another dude. Again, I completely understand it's fragile masculinity. I acknowledge it. I'm not denying it, but I'm, I'm going to work with it. It's not causing anybody grief. It's not hurting anybody's feelings. Yeah. It's like deep down. And this is a bit of a tangent, but just bear with me on this. We're all the same deep down. Okay, you are you, I am me. We don't change deep down. The one perception people have is that power changes people. Power does not change people. It just makes you more of who you are. There is nothing in life that makes you change at your core. Mm. If you're a selfish person, but say if you're a bad person, right? If you're like an evil person, Suddenly, if you give them power, they're not going to be good. They're going to use their power to do bad things. If someone genuinely is a good person, you give them power, they're going to do something good to make Mm -hmm. sure people remember them like, oh, yeah, I was a good dude. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So 
for me, it's like, I don't want to change who I am as a person. This is me. And I'm a, I'm a sales rep and I'm selling me as the product and I'm not going to change it. I'm going to just rock this. So I learned to work with my, my faults and my good qualities and all of that, because that just makes me who I am. And that's for everybody. You know, you just have to make sure whatever you do doesn't hurt somebody else in the process. Yeah. To do that, yeah. I think you get through life pretty fine. Yeah. And, and you saying about your, you know, you're aware that to some people, you not wanting to speak to a male therapist is, is crazy. But then you've, we've also got to remember that there, there are genuinely, uh, and I, I can name probably on two hands, men mm. in this country and, and back in the UK, um, where I'm from originally, uh, men who would, wouldn't be seen dead discussing their feelings. <clears throat> with their mates, with a female, with a therapist, with a male, with absolutely nothing. They're just like, no, 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 you just, you just suck it up. You just get on with it. You just, bro- it, it's going to have a pressure cooker effect. If you don't let out mm. steam every now and then, it's going to go kaboom in a bit. Mm. So that's then, a pressure cooker effect. With regards to your grief relief, uh, if mm. you like, how you said you're still going through it and it's been four years since your father passed and then two years since yeah. you made this decision to break away from the bad energy of your your mom and your brother. Mm. Mm. What has got gotten you through this grief period to, to where you are now? Therapy. Therapy and surrounding myself with people that have my best interest in their heart. Mm. Uh, but mostly therapy. It's I can't I can't stress enough. Like I'll tell you what, in my culture, Indian culture, mental health isn't a thing. Walk it off. It's not a thing. It's, it's not a thing. Like, it, dude, it's so stigmatized and so frowned upon mm-hmm. that people don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I'm in therapy. No, no one wants to see you. They were like, oh, heading to the therapist's office like this. Like, you don't want to. We need to normalize mental health. It's a thing. And I think the best thing that companies and like, I think the, the first step that society can do to normalize mental health is if your company is going to give health insurance, make it also mental health insurance, not just physical and have a therapist on retainer, you know, give them a basic salary, tell them, yeah, you can accept clients outside of the company as well, but this is what it is and have people do it, normalize it because in my culture, mental health doesn't exist. They literally call you mental as like you're a patient and tell them to walk it off. They laugh at you. They make fun of you. So nobody comes forward. Nobody wants you to talk about it. They just think this is life. No, it's not. Talk about it. You know, let people know what you're going through. Okay. So because of the, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm so grateful for you saying that and speaking out. So <laughs> you are a radio presenter and yep. this is, this is my platform to you. If there is someone listening right now mm. from your culture or similar that that is absolutely no way could never go through therapy could never ask for help could never show my weaknesses what are you going to say to them it's gonna it's gonna really get to a point you're gonna get to a breaking point you're gonna keep that and you're gonna get to a breaking point remember you're gonna have the pressure cooker effect that if you don't let out steam it is going to explode you don't know when it's gonna happen it's it would be too late you would only know it when it happens okay so it could be something simple and i genuinely believe every human being should be in therapy 
It doesn't matter what, if you're going through anything or not, just talk. It just makes you feel better. You walk out of that building 10 kilos lighter. You know, just talk to them. Find somebody that gets you, that understands you and just talk to somebody because that is the best step that you can do to help yourself. That you can read yourself, help books and you can go meditate. You can do your fancy swing yogas and all of that. Fine. But just you, but you need that verbal release. You know, you need to talk to somebody because as human beings, we can express with like gestures and you can do all of that. But guess what? Animals do the same thing. But what they can't do is talk. And we have that ability to do it. And it's our best form of communication is talk. And just find, go find a therapist, talk to that person that doesn't help, find somebody else. Usually good therapists would have your first session on the house. Okay. They usually give you your first trial session and then they take it from the, if you like, because a good therapist understands that there has to be a chemistry because they, they can't justify to their own consciousness that I've just taken money from this person and it's not going to work out and that like, it's bad. But a good therapist would usually give you their first half an hour or whatever to see if there's the connection. Do not let people tell you how to feel about anything, about anything. You're in control of how you feel. Easy as that. You're like, and I learned this the hardest possible way. You only get hurt if you let people hurt you. Mm. Mm. Just way. And you know, there was a saying in, um, in Game of Thrones, right? And I swear by this. I know it's a pop me a pop culture reference, but I swear by this. And you know how much I love Game of Thrones. <laughs> Listen, wear your weakness as an armor. No one can use it against you. Easy as that. Mm. Wear your weakness as the Who armor. Who said that? Tyrion Lannister. Oh, I know him. He's the short dude. Wow. Oh, he is, right? What's his name? Yeah. Because he was in that really good Peter role. Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. He's amazing. Didn't yeah, I mean, he's one of your people too. <laughs> yeah. oh, by that, he means Brit, by the way. <laughs> he's, yeah. um, he's one of he, yours. He's a, uh, yeah. Didn't I mean, his, is it his brother? Who plays his brother? And he came into the studio. Oh, yeah. That was him. The 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 Kingslayer. Um, Nikolai Costa Waldo. Oh, yeah. Um, Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister. And everyone yeah. was going crazy in the studios and I'm literally. No, like, he I... walked in. He walked in and ovaries exploded. Not you, but. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Actually, uh, Christopher Lloyd came in the same day. Now that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was that Doc Brown from Back That to was the awesome. Nah, that's pretty uh, awesome. Um, Athul, thank you. I really, really appreciate you being just so open and honest and, and, and. <clears throat> I don't want to, I know we spoke about this and it's, it's always very right. difficult and especially with, with everything that's going on in the world, but I, I'm very grateful because we've discussed it from a cultural perspective and a cultural point right. of view. And, and right, right, because right. I, I have no touch points, I can't relate to it at, at all. To me, it just sounds, it just sounds mad. Like, why, why are you yeah, it, it sounds mad to me too. Oh, right. Sounds yeah, mad to me true. too. No, not gonna lie. Remember, I was raised with expats. 
Yeah. 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 Like I, I, I am my only Indian friend, <laughs> you know? So I see, <laughs> I see these cultures and I'm like, I take the good from every culture, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I look at Arab culture and I'm like, you know what? I like hummus and I'm taking it. <laughs> um, so stuff like that. So, um, yeah, the, one of the reasons I was excited to, to the Arab culture than hummus. <laughs> there's also um, there's also uh, bread, there's uh, fatouz, there's falafels, shisha. Mainly food based. <laughs> oh, the other thing, one of the main, and this is an honest, like a serious note. One of the reasons I was excited to talk to you about this is, again, it's my way of, you know, like giving back. And I'm not, I'm saying giving back as in to, people in general like everybody's going through some shit and that's a fact you know and if you think you don't want to talk to anybody about it don't talk to anybody about it and i'm saying i'm talking about your friends don't let anybody know because there's always that client confidentiality when it comes to a therapist nobody is going to know unless you tell them so again goes back to control it's in your control so Try and take control of how you feel. It sounds like an arrogant thing to say, but it is it is exactly that. Take control of how you feel about everything. Try to take control. If something mm-hmm. is making you feel bad, cut it out. Everybody, we all deserve to be happy. We all want that tiny little piece of thing in our hand that's going to make us happy. But, you know, you just got to take initiative no one else is gonna do it for you because i can't i can't do things to make you happy because i'm looking for the same thing if i see it i'm gonna take it and run do you know what i mean so everybody's looking for the same thing everybody's looking for happiness it's like trying to catch a freaking pokemon get there first (laughs) gotta catch them all yeah gotta catch them all (laughs) and i don't even really know what i'm talking about i know one pokemon pikachu of course. Oops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hang on. There's the other one. He's like a dragon thing. I don't know them. I only know Pikachu. That's. Yeah, we don't want to go there. Anyway, <laughs> but it's been it's been uh, it's been really awesome talking to you about it. You know, and I'm I'm more than happy Please. if anybody wants to, if anyone wants to reach out. I can obviously give the contact to my of my therapist. You know, if anybody contacts you for it, you just let me know, and I can obviously help out. And you know, we, we you gotta get through this with somebody. This it's really hard to navigate the space by yourself. It's really hard to do it. Yeah, and and it's so important to understand that you're not on your own. You you no, not, you're not. Yeah, you might not think that. And of course, it's not like we've said. So we both lost our fathers. Doesn't mean that we're gonna grieve mm. in the same way. We both lost our fathers to cancer. Doesn't mean we're gonna grieve in mm. the same way. But to just to know that you're not on your own. And and as Athul just said, actually. I say it at the end of every podcast anyway, I'm not an expert, Athul's not an expert, but reach out, you've got, you know, you can DM me, I'll be tagging Athul in any way. We can right. definitely point you in the right direction. And also as well, like, we don't mind listening. We're quite good listeners, aren't we, Athul? Yeah, yeah, because we talk all the time. It'll be a nice change. You just message us. Um, yeah. Athul, before I let you go, I always ask all yeah. my guests for either a podcast recommendation or an Instagram account that you love. Okay, uh, I can give you a podcast recommendation, which is v- very funny. Okay, and... Uh, I, I, it's one of those things that you have to kind of explain before. It's like a friend that you have to explain before you introduce. Okay? Oh, I think the, that is the worst. 
I think I'm that friend. But no, you're not. I know people like that, and you are so far away. Like you're fun and you're funny. You know, you are both of those things. And if I'm introducing somebody, like you to somebody, I'm like, hi, uh, this is Katie. She's a little, you know, loose in the wrong places, but you Whoa. like her eventually. <laughs> <laughs> she she she's an you're an acquired taste that's perfect but can i just say if you're listening again and didn't see what he did when he said loose in the wrong places he pointed to the temple on his skull oh, will you stop right okay an acquired okay. taste i will get and i am an acquired taste fine here's the podcast that i think everybody's gonna die laughing it's called my dad wrote a porno oh it's so good it is amazing. Like I listen to that when I'm like feeling like shit and it just, oh my God, it's genius. Also, I want to marry Alice Levine. So I know she's got a partner maybe, but I, I definitely want to marry her. But I think That's we're going to like grow old together just fine. And, you know, we can do many things together, like eat together, sleep together and you know, like <laughs> talk together and like, you know, like do other things together, like walk in a park together, hold hands and like walk along the side of the side of the river and listen to the birds and, you know, listen <laughs> okay. to my mother nature and we can just grow old together. Me and Alice, Athul and Alice, you know, it, it just works. Anyway, Alice is nice. Um, my dad wrote a porno. Is what yeah, you gotta watch. it's uh, so listen. good. If you've never heard of it, I'll put the links um, in the bios and the things. And it's basically uh, James or Jamie? Jamie. Jamie and James and uh, Yeah, but whose dad is it? Whose dad wrote it? Uh, Jamie. uh, Jamie's, Jamie's dad. Oh, Jamie's. So basically, Jamie? Jamie's dad. I can't remember. Can't remember. Uh, James or Jamie, one of their dads self-published erotic novels and they read a chapter each episode that uh, rocky just, flintstone please listen to it don't listen to it if you're easily offended but please do oh my god it. don't it's uh yeah it's you you learn the uh, all kinds of different ways that you can um what do you call what you explain say? a woman's lady parts oh my god right yeah <laughs> i'm gonna stop now <laughs> <laughs> I thought I don't edit my podcasts and you are giving me so much work. You're so annoying. <laughs> my God. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I feel Kamal. I'm going now. Uh, okay. <laughs> See, this both... is what I miss. This is what this is what we used to do in, in ARN together. You know, it's just it's one of those friendships that you can't explain. No, and you can't. And it's weird because even the last time you were over in Dubai, um, I didn't even see you. But it's like, it doesn't I didn't matter. see anybody. No, I know. Because yeah, it, was, it was COVID season. I was there for a month, like yeah. a hermit. I was using up my leave days. It was Yeah, it's a bit crazy. But it is one of those um, undefined uh, loves between us where yeah. it's like, a meme, a reply on 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 WhatsApp. It'll be a, a an Instagram story, and there's a lot of love there. We have oh, uh, there's a lot of love there. We have yeah. a lot of love. So, um, thank you, Athul. I love you so much. And, I love you um, more. Make sure you listen to Athul on Virgin Radio <laughs> Oman four till yeah, free eight. app on Apple and Android, four to eight p.m. every day, weekdays. Weekdays, which is Sunday to Thursday over here. Sunday to Thursday. Yeah, it's a little different here. In the Middle East. I love you. Mm -hmm. Love you more. <laughs> See you. Bye. <laughs>